Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us for this episode of Community Pharmacy Podcast, where we sit down with our community pharmacy practitioners and leaders to discuss topics relevant to the advancement of community-based practice, the workforce, and our profession. My name is Gina Galanuluchin. I'm the director of the section of community pharmacy practitioners and section of pharmacy educators here at ACHP. And today I'm excited to be chatting with Andrea Lupchow, program director of community pharmacy services at Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist. Welcome, Andrea. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm very excited to talk a little bit about your journey to leadership and your journey to where you are today. But before we dive into the specifics, let's start with describing your role a little bit as Program Director of Community Pharmacy Services. Can you share what some of your responsibilities are and what you do on your day-to-day? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So to give you an idea of what the landscape looks like, Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist is a large academic medical center across the Piedmont Triad. Um, Specific to what I do, we have two dual accredited specialty pharmacies. We have six community pharmacies, which are more similar to um, what you're used to as like a retail pharmacy. Um, And we also have one student health pharmacy. So as a program director, um, I have responsibility for all the day-to-day stuff for our six community pharmacies. Um, which includes operations, inventory, um, and all the people. Uh, So I have about 100 people that report up to me. Wow. We provide mail services um, to our employees. Um, We support our employee health plan across the system. Uh, We provide uh, discharge prescription services or meds to beds, if you're familiar with that term. Um, And we also um, oversee the community immunization program. So lots of fun um, and unique opportunities across the health system. And I also get to be a preceptor um, in this role. So I precept uh, for multiple residency programs, both PGY1 and PGY2, um, and for various schools of pharmacy as well. It sounds like they keep you very busy. <laughs> yes. Never bored. Never bored. <laughs> That's great. So you get, I hear a lot of clinical services. I hear a lot of educational services through the residency and through the student program and um, also some good innovative programs, you know, meds to beds. We see that more and more across hospitals. So definitely never bored, right? But (laughs) (laughs) But before your current role, you had some experience working outside the health system space. So you still worked in community, but you were not part of the health system. Can you share with us what has been your experience and training prior to your current role? Sure. Uh, so prior to coming to the health system, I worked at a big box retail. So before pharmacy school, I worked as a cashier. Uh, while I was in school, um, I worked as a technician and then an intern. Um, and then after graduation, I actually stepped directly into a pharmacy manager role um, within that same um, retail company. Um, and I just, I really truly loved being a pharmacist in the community. Um, I actually felt like, you know, I was out in the community um, trying to make a difference. I also, I relished like the fast pace um, of retail. I loved kind of the need for efficiency and, you know, a high functioning, well-oiled team and meeting patients where they were. Um, like I said, I really felt like I was in the community and had the opportunity to 
meet patients, whether that was at the drive-thru or the vitamin aisle or even on the phone uh, because they were struggling to get an answer from the provider. Um, and over, you know, over the course of my retail career, I, I found that this was where I had a passion for advocating for others. I felt like if someone asked me, why did you become a pharmacist? I knew the answer to that would be um, because I enjoy being a patient advocate. So over the years, you know, I grew in my confidence as a, as a pharmacist and as a pharmacy manager. Um, and my passion for training and delegation, you know, really started to grow as well. However, some of those soft skills and kind of leadership management skills, they weren't really celebrated in that environment. I received some constructive feedback um, during an annual review, which prompted me to do some deeper reflection about my long-term plans. And to be honest, I, I wasn't sure if I agreed with the feedback. And so it really pushed me to ask the question, you know, is there something else out there for me? Um, and so that kind of started my journey um, kind of away from the retail setting where I really thought I, I would retire there. And transparently, I didn't take the right approach. So I said, you know, this isn't maybe what I thought it was going to look like. And I just threw in the towel and I, I applied for an inpatient position um, at Wake Forest, uh, which was a little dramatic. But at the time, you know, it seemed like, you know, I just needed to take a hard left turn to something else. Luckily, someone I knew from retail who actually had transitioned to Wake Forest before me, uh, she caught my application and, short story, helped me transition to a PRN position uh, within the outpatient pharmacy. So I was grateful for that opportunity. I got my foot in the door. Um, I got to learn about the organization and, and how it worked and the types of teams and the work that they did and um, was able to get an opportunity um, to come on full-time as a pharmacy manager um, within a new pharmacy at a at a community hospital um, that was being built. So, you know, coming on PRN and working part time was a great strategy. I I highly recommend it to um, others that that ask kind of how I got where I am. And so, um, I've actually worked my way to where I am now, um, from a PRN position to the frontline manager. Um, I was then promoted to a systems manager and now a program director. You know, we. Well, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about some of the ways um, and skills um, that I was able to do that. But that's a little bit about my transition from retail. What a journey. I, I love the fact that you were able to utilize the strengths and what led you to community practice in the first place that touch with the patient and the ability to advocate for them in their in their greatest need. Right. And right there inside their next next to their front door almost. And absolutely. Yep. That is, that's a great transition. But speaking of transition, it was kind of a big jump too, right? I mean, you went from what you described as the big box retail store to the health systems perspective. I bet there was a little bit of change there and some different mentality and also leadership approaches. So can you share maybe some, some of the differences and some of the similarities that you found between your previous career and this career, um, or I guess the continuum of your career, um, and then things that you were able to take and translate from one setting to the other that brought you strength as like, as a, a new employee? Yeah, um, honestly, I was a, a bit terrified about the transition, um, even though it was something that I wanted you know, it was certainly um, intimidating, and the adjustment was slow over time for sure, um, going from a kind of a corporate business structure where a lot of things were well-developed um, and handed down 
um, they had been tested and piloted and, you know, kind of tied up in a bow by the time they were implemented to a local organization that really had a different focus, not quite the same infrastructure. So things that I was used to, you know, already being figured out weren't quite figured out. And the the benefit of that was that we had a little bit more control of of how things were done. And I got to be part of those discussions, um, bringing in, you know, past experiences um, into um, what we were wanting to implement, um, such as an immunization program. So when I came on, uh, we weren't even providing immunizations to patients. Um, Our employee health I did that for our employees. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to do was help implement an immunization program and learned quickly um, there's a lot involved in that where I was used to, you know, coming from a place that already had those policies and procedures. Um, but what was great was we got to kind of build the best things we wanted about those programs and um, hopefully not include some of those other barriers and challenges that that we saw in, in retail. So kind of the the good and the bad about, you know, those different types of working environments, a lot of advantages um, as well. One piece that was really intimidating was the the types of people that I started to work with. You know, many were residency trained. uh, They had postgraduate degrees, um, just really impressive resumes. And I felt like, you know, I had none of that. Um, You know, right out of school, I went straight to work. um, And so I didn't have any formal leadership training I barely knew about financials and metrics um, and just felt like I was really behind the eight ball. Um, However, I felt like I was able to translate, you know, the passion um, that I had for advocating. Um, And so over time, that started to look different. So as a frontline pharmacist, you know, I was able to advocate for patients. Um, And as I went on in my career, my, my job looked different. Um, as I got different positions, but the advocacy really never changed. Um, so I was able to go from advocating from maybe one patient at a time to advocating for my team, you know, who was advocating for those same patients. Um, and where I am now, I feel like I have the potential to um, use systems and processes to create better experiences for populations and, and larger teams. Um, and so I think understanding what I'm passionate about, I was able to bring that along um, and help me kind of at each step of, of my career. Kind of a, a little bit of a plug, if I can, for health system community pharmacy. Um, this is something that I learned um, in my transition, but I think we know that, you know, health systems are focused on certainly treatment, but also preventative care and re- reducing readmissions. But I really saw this in community pharmacies as, you know, the most important thing for us is to get the right medication in the patient's hand. And um, we have the resources to do that. We know if we don't do it, they'll be back in the hospital, which obviously will cost us more, you know, in the long run. Um, And so something that I really enjoy being a part of is being on one team. So we have one electronic health record that we have access to, whether it's inpatient or outpatient, we're really all working together to keep our patients healthy. Um, And so I think this is really one of the greatest advantages of being part of a, a healthcare system um, and something that I, I really value um, in this setting. Um, but overall, I was I would say I was able to make the transition from, from big box retail to health system because I was willing to invest, you know, in understanding the changes of those environments um, and apply, you know, the passions and skills that I had already developed, really regardless of, of what setting that I was in. It sounds like you were able to take your experience 
from your previous position and really elevate it into a new way of delivering care. From what you shared, there's also some new skills that maybe you learned as you were adapting. You noted the difference in in the in the thinking and the mentality, and you also noted the the change in, in the different areas that your colleagues were trained in and the way that they had been um, brought out from pharmacy school. So can you share with us some professional development resources maybe that you used as you were making the change and you were learning new things and what helped you prepare for your roles as you were advancing from one place to, the, to another? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really can't say it enough um, how grateful I am for my leader, you know, who hired me into the full-time position um, and the team that I got to work with um, when I came on at Wake Forest. I really had not worked in a team before, which sounds sounds strange. I certainly had led teams of technicians and worked alongside, you know, maybe one pharmacist at a time. Um, But as far as, you know, projects and working towards a goal. I had not really worked on a long-term team. And so I, while it doesn't really sound like a, you know, maybe professional development resource, um, they were really vital to my growth. Um, they affirmed and appreciated um, some of the skills that I had. And I think most importantly, I let them challenge those skills as well. Um, I had to learn um, that I wasn't going to grow until I made some mistakes. So as a professional perfectionist, which, um, you know, pharmacists are, I really had to learn the difference between um, being a clinical pharmacist and uh, maybe being a leader where, you know, as a leader, perfectionism is, is not the goal. Um, and so um, they helped me learn how to fail and fail well. And I think that's something that you know, I continue to learn. I still don't enjoy it, but really learned a lot through allowing them to challenge me you know, others who had skills that I didn't have, I, I didn't see it as a competition. Um, I saw it as a learning opportunity, um, leaned on them, you know, where I was not as strong. And so that really helped develop me over time. As far as resources that I used, um, I think I really focused on some didactic training. So while I, you know, wasn't going to go back through a residency um, and wasn't ready to go for a postgraduate degree, I really dug into some other opportunities. So, um, you know, my organization was supportive of attending conferences. Um, So I, you know, I attended those and participated in breakout sessions. I also completed uh, ASHP's Pharmacy Leadership Academy a few years ago, which really gave me a lot of resources, um, made a lot of connections with folks across the country and the world who are in similar situations as I was um, they had the same doubts in their uh, capabilities as I did. And so um, connecting with them and working on group projects uh, really pushed um, me to learn some new skills, but also confirm, you know, some things that I, I thought I was good at. I um, One thing I think is um, kind of funny is that I uh, feel like I was on uh, a long-term residency um, here at, at Wake. So as an academic medical center, we have all kinds of learners. Um, and so I would often volunteer to work alongside a resident on a project. Um, and so as they were learning, I was learning whether it was, you know, financials or a presentation, just just trying to improve my skills and, and be more well-rounded. So I found myself, you know, saying yes to a lot of opportunities, which I learned to refine over time because that can certainly lead to burnout. Um, but, but really diving in um, – into what's around you and sometimes looking for those opportunities, they won't always come to you. Um, so whether that's maybe 
uh, reaching out for preceptor development or going online and taking an online class about maybe Excel or, or Visio, um, but just really taking advantage of the resources that are out there. Um, and lastly, um, I would say that um, my boss who hired me, as I've, I've already stated, he was a really great advocate and teacher um, for me. And so leaning into to his advice and his um, suggestions for me really created opportunities um, for me to, to progress in my career. And one thing that I learned from him was that um, he actually became my sponsor, uh, meaning that he advocated for me um, and created opportunities based on my strengths and capabilities when I wasn't even present. Um, so, you know, if he knew I was good at something or wanted to have a particular experience or opportunity, he would, you know, throw my name in the hat or suggest me as a resource. I'm somebody to to call out on if, you know, if help was needed. So um, certainly creating that trust and showing that I was, you know, invested and in, um, describing the things that I wanted, he was able to kind of help me find those as well. I love how you approach this as as you described it a multi-year residency, the the mindset of let's learn more and do more and and really rolling up her sleeves and and learning in a different environment. That that's very admirable and um, definitely lots of good resources that you mentioned for others like the Pharmacy Leadership Academy and preceptor development and online classes. Those are definitely um, great self-motivator type activities that many would probably benefit from if they're looking for that change. But I do want to focus on one particular area that you noted, and you've mentioned it a couple of times throughout the podcast, so I didn't want it to be lost, but you noted the importance of mentorship and how others advocated for you and um, even just now describing the your your mentor as a sponsor and and how they are uh, helping you be better and get pushed to a different direction, maybe even when you didn't know that. So can you share some tips in identifying a mentor or even passing it forward to others when you are given the opportunity um, for those looking to to kind of make that career move and, and change? Sure. I'll, I'll start with looking at it from the aspect of maybe how to identify those mentors. Um, I can't say that I did that. I didn't go out looking um, for that. Um, but looking back on on my experience, that's certainly what I found or kind of stumbled into, um, luckily. Um, but as I've been asked this question before, you know, whether it was a, you know, a resident or a student, how do I get a mentor? Where do I find them? Um, and I really encourage them to look at it from kind of three different ways. Um, so to find someone maybe that's like you or has um, traveled a similar path as you, um, they can you know, since they're kind of ahead of you in their career, they can share, you know, what they've learned and can pass on maybe some of those experiences based on, you know, their tendencies or their skill set. So maybe you don't have to learn them, you know, the hard way. Um, and conversely, maybe find someone that's really different than you uh, for a, a new perspective. So they'll be able to see things in you or see things around you that maybe you or someone like you, you know, wouldn't see so clearly. Um, and they could really help challenge you in in new ways, maybe to see things, um, you know, from a different perspective. And then finally, finding someone maybe who's in your dream job. If you're lucky enough to know what, what your dream job is, then maybe seeking that out and doing some research and connecting with your network to find somebody who, you know, maybe is already in that role. Um, and then connecting with them to learn, you know, how you yourself can get there. 
And I think these principles, not only do they apply to maybe finding a mentor, but I think they're also important to consider in becoming a mentor and what kind of mentor are you or or could you be for someone. Um, I learned the value of mentorship, I would say, late in my career. I've met a lot of folks who've had, you know, a mentor since before they went to pharmacy school or throughout their their pharmacy school years to help them, you know, really refine what they're looking for. But um, I really didn't find it, like I said, until, um, you know, double digit years into my career, honestly. Um, and so I spent a lot of time learning things, I would say the hard way, didn't really have anybody to advise me. But I want to share that with others and hopefully maybe, you know, prevent them from learning some things the hard way. Uh, and so the way that I try to give back as a mentor, you know, looks different. Um, but I, as I reflect on it, I kind of see it in a lot of places in my career. So I feel like I, I try to mentor the teams that I'm responsible for, um, whether that's, you know, the frontline teammates or our managers. I don't, I certainly don't do it perfectly, uh, but I do think I'm always willing to learn from their feedback and um, try to improve so I can be better support for them and, and advocate them for them as best as I can. Uh, like I said, I precept residents and students. So, you know, residents are in a unique position. They're about to enter into a, a whole new world um, and apply the skills that, that they've been learning on, you know, the, the crash course, whether it's one year or two. Um, I try to infuse as much, you know, real life experience as I can as a preceptor uh, for them, whether that's, you know, longitudinally uh, for one to two years or just rotationally. And students, you know, similarly, but I also like to get in front of them, um, even in the didactic setting. So um, I do a couple guest lectures um, for the students as well to um, share some of the same information I'm sharing with you today, but also uh, maybe share with them something new that they haven't heard before that, that kind of opens their pharmacy eyes. I think mentoring is really all about investing in people in the profession um, and I do think it's a vital part of, of being a pharmacist, not just a leader. I think we've all had people who've invested in us, and, and mentoring is, is one, just one way for us to give back, I think. I think we often think about mentorship, and we are good at sharing that with students or sharing that with undergraduate learners or, you know, even residents, but remembering that mentorship never stops, right? Even if you're in a career and you've been there for a few years and you're just looking for a change or advice or even growth within your own position, just seeking out those opportunities. I think that's a good reminder for all of us that it doesn't stop when you graduate and it, it really does move beyond that. As we're wrapping up for today, and I appreciate every insight that you've shared so far, um, I wondered if you had any closing thoughts for maybe colleagues who may be looking for a career change within pharmacy or students that are considering new opportunities post-graduation, what's your advice to them either making the change or preparing for a path that is similar to yours? So within a health system, but still in the outpatient sector where you you have that um, patient interaction and that, that heart-to-heart experience with, your, uh, with those who you're serving in the community. Sure. Um, I probably have a lot of soapboxy things that I could say, but um, I'll try to keep it to a few. So I think the biggest thing to realize is that there is not a perfect job. So I, I tell my students and residents um, and even some of my leaders, just take that off the pedestal. There's no perfect job. But there is a job out there that 
you know, aligns well with your giftings and your skill sets and your values, probably most importantly. Um, and so I say keep searching for it or set out, set out to find it as a student. Um, but I think it's important to keep in mind that it's really a matter of making those things true, maybe in your current role. I think one of the biggest lessons I learned going from retail to health system was it's not really that the grass is greener. It's that you need to find the green grass where you are. You need to help that green grass grow um, because there's going to be challenges. No organization is perfect. And, you know, patients are complicated and people are complicated. Um, and so I think it's important to find those things that you value where you are. Um, one way that I did that was when I was maybe maybe bored or, or dissatisfied with what I was doing um, or was ready for something new. I really changed my own experience by asking for specific opportunities, or sometimes I would just say to my boss, just give me a new challenge. I'm asking for anything. If you need me to help with a spreadsheet or you need me to put a presentation together for you, um, you know, just let me be a part of, of what's going on. Um, and that really helped me not only develop my skills and prove valuable, you know, to my leaders, but... Um, I think it really added value to to the job. I didn't need a new job. I just needed some, um, maybe some interesting things to do within my current role. So all that said, my advice would be to to say if if your work doesn't feel meaningful, then maybe think about one or two things um, that you could change um, that would make an impact um, and step towards that. You know, commit to doing those things before you leave your role, um, and you know, and just see if that if that changes your experience. So kind of make the most of it. Secondly, I would just reiterate that you have strengths that people on your team need. Um, we all bring different things to the table. So be confident in that. I didn't have a lot of confidence. I um, was just very intimidated by the people around me. But I've learned over time that, that they need me. Um, and so it's important to invest in yourself. So learn new things recognize when you're when you're burnt out. Go on vacation. I think maybe most importantly, give something to someone when there's no guarantee of return. Certainly precepting is often uh, falls in that category. Um, I think my preceptors out there would know that that you know we don't we don't do it for the money. <laughs> we do it because um, we care about our learners and, and want to invest. Um, and I think you know all these things combined you make you a, a more desirable employee. Um, it may open doors that, that you weren't expecting. And lastly, I will say this. I promise no one's told me to say this, but I would say get involved um, in organizations. Uh, there's a place for everyone. There's endless ways to contribute, you know, to help give back um, to the profession and uh, maybe support some of your passions. I was not involved at all um, as a pharmacy student and early in my career. I didn't even belong to any organizations um, I, I didn't start my involvement until well into my career, um, but it's never too late. And, you know, I never thought I'd be doing a podcast, uh, but, but here I am um, and advocating for things that I'm passionate about in a way that, that I never expected. So I feel like in, in a way, some things have come full circle with you today, Gina. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful ending. I, I love hearing that. <laughs> I think I love what you said. You know, there's no perfect job. You you have to find your strengths and give back and um, also get involved. And, and that way you, you meet new people, new 
opportunities and you find yourself doing things that you never even imagined you would be doing. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of the section, I did want to put a plug since you brought it up. If uh, We do have a new section of community pharmacy practitioners. I know many of our members know this, but um, there will be a lot of opportunities in the spring of 2022 for advisory groups opening up. So if you're looking for a small but meaningful way to get involved for everyone listening, please keep that in your back in your mind and we'd love to have you. And maybe you'll be on a podcast too, who knows? <laughs> so that is all the time we have today. I do wanna thank Andrea for a wonderful discussion today and sharing her leadership journey um, within community pharmacy practice into the health system space. For those of you who are listening, if you haven't before, I encourage you to check out ASHP's online resources for community pharmacy practitioners at ashp.org slash SCPP. You can find member-exclusive offerings such as the Community Pharmacy Practice Resource Center, a catalog of clinical resources relative to your practice, and much more. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of Community Pharmacy Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation, and be sure to subscribe to ASHP official podcasts for more great content. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.